honoring elders' decisions when you don't particularly agree with them. What does it say? Submit yourselves to every ordinance. Then, as we noted in chapter 3, 1, wives submit to your own husbands. And that's not easy because the context of chapter 3, 1 is husbands that are not even Christians. They're not saved. They're ungodly. They're living for the world and they live for the flesh. You happen to be married to one and you're called to submit. What about joining the military? And the government uh, calls you into what you think is an unjust war. What do you do? These are great challenges to the Christian. Boy, this is complex. Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher, pastor of our Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale. And today we let the Bible speak on the subject of submission from 1 Peter chapter 2.13. One of the hardest commands given to Christians is that we are to honor all men, submitting to those that are in authority. That's the great challenge to live the Christian life. We have a hymn, It Is Well With My Soul, and we answer the question, Why Become a Christian? And our answer today is because God is holy. It took Moses a lot of years to comprehend the full nature of the holiness of God. The first incident was at the burning bush where God met with Moses, and in Exodus 3-4 we read, And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush, and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, and he was afraid to look upon God. Here is God's servant, a man who has already fled from Egypt in faith, to walk with God, and he is unable to directly commune with him. This is true because no man hath seen God and lived. God's glory is too bright, and searching for sinful sons of Adam to be at peace in his presence. Every time we read of a mortal man coming face to face with God, he falls as dead to worship and adore God because of his holiness. This is the case with Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet. We read that in the year the king Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings, with twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another, and said, Holy, 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 is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then let us read of Daniel the prophet when the Lord came to visit his soul. 
and I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men that were with me saw not the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. Therefore I was left alone, and saw this great vision, and there remained no strength in me, for my comeliness was turned into corruption, and I retained no strength. Yet heard I the voice of his words, and when I heard the voice of his words, then was I in a deep sleep on my face, and my face toward the ground. And behold, an hand touched me, which set upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands. And he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words which I spake unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. Now here in these various accounts we learn of the great distance between man and his God. This is why we need a mediator, one who is both God and man, to be our advocate to reconcile and mediate. This is the work and ministry of our Lord Jesus, who took our nature. He, through his incarnation, his perfect life as man, and his atoning death on the cross, is the mediator whom God has given to save his people. And he is the only mediator. God has appointed his Son, because a mediator must be both God and man to represent sinful man before a holy God. So why become a Christian? Because the Lord Jesus Christ is the mediator. We must have to put ourselves at peace with God. He lived a holy life, and all that he did as our Savior was perfectly holy, so that we are accepted in him. Accepted in the Beloved is a wonderful hymn. And here are the words, In the Beloved accepted am I, risen, ascended, and seated on high, saved from all sin through his infinite grace, with the redeemed ones accorded a place. In the Beloved God marvelous grace calls me to dwell in this wonderful place. God sees my Savior, and then he sees me, in the Beloved, accepted and free. In the Beloved, how safe my retreat. In the Beloved, accounted complete. Who can condemn me? In him I am free. Savior and keeper, forever is he. In the Beloved, I went to the tree. There in his person, by faith I may see. Infinite wrath rolling over his head. Infinite grace, for he died in my stead. This is the confidence that gives a Christian hope. Because God is holy, my sin banishes me from his presence. Because of the Lord Jesus, I am invited to come near to God through the Beloved. Through his perfect work as my sin-bearer on the cross, and his perfect righteousness as the God-man, I am fully accepted with God. This is the confidence every Christian enjoys. You must become a Christian because God is holy, and then you will be reconciled to Him too.
back to the book of 1 Peter again. 1 Peter chapter 2. And our section now begins at verse 13. And it's probably the toughest word in Christian vocabulary. It's the word submit. The word that as soon as that baby is born, the process has to begin. How do you get this little fellow, this little girl to submit? And likewise, when we are born into the family of God, it is God's training program to make us to submit to his perfect will of God. I want you to notice something in verse 13, that the call to submit is not to the ordinances of God, but it asks us or commands us to submit to the ordinances of men. That's even more challenging. That means when you fill in your tax form, you're to do it in the fear of God, and you are to submit that check or fill in those figures accurately honestly, so that you pay your taxes, submitting to the ordinances of men, or paying HST. And these days, when you go to McDonald's and buy an ice cream, you're going to pay HST on it. Submitting to the ordinances of men. Or it might be paying that speeding ticket or the parking ticket. Uh, Jim is not with us here tonight, so I can speak on liberty on that. But we have a police officer here, so uh, you just might get that speeding ticket. What are you going to do? Blow up? Lose the head and say, this police officer is just a ridiculous problem? Are you going to submit and say, well, that's the call of God, submitting to the ordinances of men? Or buying a ticket on the SkyTrain? Many people don't. They try to wing it and just hope they don't get checked along the way. But what if a Christian is found traveling on the SkyTree and never bought a ticket? And you could end up in the court for that. What kind of testimony would it be as a Christian? What about obeying church standards, especially when it's in the BCO, but you can't find it in the Bible? That's the book of church order. That's the rules that are made by a presbytery or by a session of the church, and they call the membership to abide by these standards. They are the ordinances of men in the organization of the Lord's church. Honoring elders' decisions when you don't particularly agree with them. What does it say? Submit yourselves to every ordinance. Then, as we noted in chapter 3, 1, wives submit to your own husbands. And that's not easy because the context of chapter 3, 1 is husbands that are not even Christians. They're not saved. They're ungodly. They're living for the world and they live for the flesh. You happen to be married to one and you're called to submit. What about joining the military? And the government uh, calls you into what you think is an unjust war. What do you do? These are great challenges to the Christian. Boy, this is complex. And it's powerful stuff which Peter digs into. And how relevant in Peter's time, whenever the world was was governed by Rome. It wasn't democratic. 
There was an emperor who was more like a dictator, and the Senate didn't even always agree, but the emperor's word was final. Submit to the ordinances of men. Today, the world is perhaps not so cruel as the Roman world was then, but it's a lot more complex, a lot more strings attached. Are we supporting abortion when we pay our taxes? Are we supporting immoral or amoral agendas by voting on election day to elect men who are secular-minded and have no fear of the Bible, perhaps not even of God? They might even profess to be an atheist. What does a Christian do? Should gambling dollars help pay for the education of my children at the local school? Uh, there was a school that our children were attending, and we had them enrolled to start the following uh, September, and as new parent, I was invited or had an opportunity to go along, and this was one of the discussions. Uh, there was $5,000 that could be allocated to the school, but it came from Victoria. It was gambling money. And before my children were even in the school, I cost them $5,000. I spoke against it, and there was support from that, and uh, that was a cost to the school. I said, if it's going to be a school that claims to be fundamental and different, then how could we accept money like that? Teenagers, if there ever was a sermon for you, this is it. Submit to the ordinances of men. It's not easy, is it? Especially when you think that you're being hard done by, and your parents have it in for you, and their agenda is just to make you as miserable as possible and kill as much joy in your life as possible. That is not easy to submit to parents. But perhaps also for adults, what about older parents? What about elderly parents? Submit. Now we read the text. What does it say here in verse 13? Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. I've entitled this sermon tonight, We Are Called to Christ-like Submission in an Unjust World. Christ-like Submission in an Unjust World. And it takes up the rest of this chapter. Uh, that's what Peter is digging into from verse 13 right down to the end. And we're called to this Christ-like submission in an unjust world because it's an apostolic command. Submit. That's not a request. That's a command. Now, this all follows grace, of course, because the whole theme of what Peter is dealing with is that you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You are a peculiar people. You are the chosen select ones to show forth the praises of the Lord in the earth. Now submit. And by your submission, you are to shine forth the excellencies of the God whom you serve. You're to do it out of grace, and you're to do it out of full authority. Peter's office was an apostle. And of course, Christ's example in his suffering, we'll get to that, but there is full authority for it. But you'll notice that we're called to do this with the widest application. Peter, he doesn't leave anything 
for people to work out, he goes right down the list. And we're going to do that here, looking at these very terms or situations. You'll notice he says, submit yourselves to the ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. The ordinance of man. That's general. And then verse 13, to the king as supreme. To governors. These are lesser rulers. They may be representatives of the king. They may be ambassadors of the king. They may be on the payroll of the king. And they are over you. You are to submit to them. Verse 17 says, Honor all men. How wide can it get? This is the widest application of this command. Honor all men. Then verse 17, love the brotherhood. I think we can restrict that to the people of God, professing Christians. Those that are in the church, those that love the Lord Jesus, they call themselves brothers. And by, the, by this shall all men know that ye are disciples when ye love one another. It's a call to brotherly love. Verse 17, fear God. Fear God. Fear God when you're paying your taxes, paying your bills, keeping the speed on the road, parking tickets, all those issues. Fear God. Everything should be done in the fear of God. Verse 18, servants, be subject to your masters. Now, that may play out in various situations, whether it was really slaves for those that had bought them in the slave market, or whether it was servants who were like apprentices that may have been indentured. There was some form of contract. They more or less sell themselves for two, three, five years. You train me in a, in a task, in, a, in some form of, of, of labor and work, and, 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 and I'm yours. And these masters were often ungodly and harsh with their servants. That wasn't easy. You'll notice in verse 18, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only the good and gentle, but also the froward. And the froward means the crooked ones. The Greek word there is scolio. If you've got scoliosis, you've got a, you've got a twist in your spine. You've got a crooked spine, scoliosis. And these masters, they wanted much and gave little. And many of them were cruel and harsh. But as a Christian, Peter says, be subject to your masters. So all of this adds up that the Christian's attitude in society, whatever that society is and whatever government you're under, whatever leadership you're under, that you're not to be a rebel. You're not to have the attitude, I'm going to, I'm going to bust the system. No, there is a submission and an attitude uh, that is seeking to relieve the situation. Now, when is it wrong to defy, or are right to defy men, uh, to obey God rather than men. Well, we'd have to say, unless it is sin against God, unless it is to deny the very commands of God to worship, witness, and walk with Him. Now, the whole of society functions on the rule of law within a nation. 
If you don't have some rule of law, you have anarchy. You have a breakdown of the whole building blocks of society, and it becomes absolute chaos. And so Christians pay taxes, and they do it as unto the Lord. Not because they love Caesar, not because they love the government of the day, not because that's the happy party that you wish were in government, but you do so because it's unto the Lord. Christians report crimes to civil authorities. Why? Because they seek to uphold law and order. The Christian movement is not an underground movement in a free society. We're not against law and order. We're not to try and unbuckle and undo the rule of law, but to support it. Now, in Roman times, that was very hard. And in our society, as it becomes ungodly and becomes amoral or immoral, it's trying. It's very trying. And so sometimes we have to answer the question, when is it better to obey God rather than men? Uh, that, of course, comes from the book of Acts chapter 5. It's a well-known passage there, as they were told never again to preach in Jesus' name. And they said it's better to obey God than men. So when it comes to standing up for Jesus and proclaiming his name, there's a point at which you obey God rather than men. To witness for the Lord, to worship the Lord. We do not become idolaters and say, well, God told us to submit to men. There's a point at which we say, no, I can't do that. My conscience doesn't allow me to do that. My God doesn't allow me to do that. But for all the other things, submit. It's a command. It's a command. And Christian people in the payroll, on employment, in school, in society, ought to be known as a happy people to govern, a happy people to care for ought to be, have the testimony that they do submit. Secondly, we're called to Christ-like submission in an unjust world because it carries a gospel cause. Now, to look for the cause here is rather easy because as you go down this list, you will see the word for a number of times and the word because. That's the argumentation of Peter the apostle. He gives the command, submit, now here's the reason, and it's a gospel reason. It's a gospel cause. In verse 15, what is the argument? For so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. So it's a gospel cause. It's a matter of our testimony. It's a matter of how we extend the gospel and put to silence the naysayers, the foolish, the ignorant, and show that our religion, our Christianity, is practical and honest. And before society, we submit. If we become a rebellious, unruly people, how could we ever say we fear God? Verse 19, if you go down there, is another four. For this is thankworthy. Now, I want to explain the word thankworthy. It is grace. This is grace. This is grace operating in your soul. This is this new birth, the power of the gospel in your life. And perhaps before you were a Christian, you were a most uh, stubborn, awkward, cantankerous person. 
but a part of your new Christian profession, the Lord has changed me. I've got a new heart and I've got a new attitude. For this is grace or thankworthy. If a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, wrongfully. That's hard. This is when the boss or the, the master or some leader is crushing you and seems to be hurting you and hindering you, and yet you submit out of grace. And for conscience toward God, you endure the grief, suffering wrongfully. And here's the argument. Look at verse 20, the word for. For what glory is it if when you be buffeted for your faults? In other words, you feel at the job and they get chewed off and, and maybe you come under the whiplash in, in the Roman times. You deserved it. But if you take it patiently, when you do well and suffer for it, this is acceptable with God. And the word acceptable, let me say, is the same word as backup word thankworthy. It's the word charis, grace. This is grace at work. When you're buffeted for the thing that you've, you're at fault, well, that's just normal run of things. But when you take it, and you're the one being wronged, you suck it up, and you let it go, and you say, I'm not going to be full of revenge, I will submit. I'll accept it. I'll take it. What is that? That's grace. That's acceptable to God. And this is the argument uh, that Peter uh, goes with you. Again, thank you for listening to our broadcast here today. If you'd like to hear this program again, or if you would like information about our programming schedules across Canada on various stations, and if you would like the information on how to donate and support this ministry, go to our website ltbs.ca. Thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you as again we let the Bible speak. This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 187 Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. On our website you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons, and our gospel booklet called A New Beginning. There you can find a link to our Sunday services that are broadcast online. For all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30am and 6pm to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of His precious Word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer at 7.30pm every Wednesday evening. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day from September to June at 9.30am. You can contact us using our office number, which is 604-576-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will lead you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. 
This is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today and be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5am and 5pm and on Sundays at 9.30am on this station for our full or church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of His Word.